You're listening to the Inner Child Podcast. Hey, bestie, today we have the first ever one-year update interview, which is so exciting. But first, I have another exciting thing to share because this month just keeps on giving. And I'm officially announcing that I am giving away over 10 prizes valued at over $5,000 for our book review raffle contest, which just started yesterday and it ends on December the 14th. And here's all you need to do. All you guys have to do is leave an honest review of the book, A Woman's Guide to Inner Child Healing on Amazon. Take a screenshot of the review you just wrote and email that screenshot to hello at bygloriazang.com. You do that, you will receive one free raffle ticket to the giveaway, but it gets even better. If you do three things, if you leave a review, follow me as the author on Amazon, which is Gloria Zhang, and if you add the book to your Amazon wish list, you will receive 10 free raffle tickets, which increases your chance of winning. So let me repeat, if you leave an honest review, follow the author on Amazon, which is me, Gloria Zhang, and add the book to a wish list, you will receive 10 raffle tickets just by sending those screenshots and emailing it to hello at bygloriazang.com. The prizes that are up for grabs are five personalized signed copies of the book autographed by me. Five people are going to get this. There's a couple of $100 Amazon gift cards, which we're also giving away. A private 45-minute coaching session with me. Another lucky winner is going to receive a special holiday gift picked out by me. I'm going to go shopping, pick out some things that you like with a handwritten letter and send it to you for the holidays this year. And one free scholarship to the Situationship to Soulmate coaching program. That's just the beginning of what we had. We're going to add a few more prizes to make this a total no-brainer for you guys. So just as a recap, one raffle ticket is one honest review. But if you leave a review, follow me and add the book to your Amazon wish list, you get 10 raffle tickets. Send that to hello at bygloriazang.com. You will receive a confirmation later on by receiving your e-tickets from our raffle software, which is called Zephy, I think. And next week, we will be announcing the winners all week long at my free book launch holiday party, which all of you guys are invited to. It's going to be so much fun. You and I are going to hang out virtually in my living room. We're going to meditate together. We're going to do special Q&A sessions intimately just with me and you. We're going to workshop together. One of the days is like a pajama party day. And the last day, I think, is our ugly sweater special celebration. Plus, there's going to be a special guest coming on during our launch party. And every single one of you will receive a virtual goodie bag with over $500 worth of free stuff just for coming. If it's not obvious enough, I love you guys so much. And I have just been blown away by all the support with the book, with the podcast. I feel super hyper recording this. And I just wanted to give back as much as I could with this party and this giveaway at the end of the year so that we can make some happy holiday memories together and really start out the new year with a bang. I am so, so, so excited. So go ahead, send us those screenshots to enter for our giveaway, and I will see you guys at next week's book launch holiday party. 
All right, so back to today's episode. Now today is our first ever one-year update interview, and there's no better place to start than Steph Lane, who was an alumni from my Situationship to Soulmate coaching program. She was on episode 68 over a year ago, where she talked about healing the wounded feminine. Now we have a bunch of these one-year updates lined up for this coming year because I really wanted to show you guys. That inner child work is not just some quick fix; it is deep work that is profoundly life-changing, and that people who really put in the hard work, it pays off. And you're gonna hear it from Steph today. So where is she now? Well, Steph is back with some amazing updates on her relationship that I'm super excited for you guys to hear. She's also got some updates on her life, and if that wasn't enough, we also hired her, and she had a lot to say about topics like consistency, falling off the bandwagon, and her experiences of now also being a coach on the inside of the program, how that's shaped her life, and some tips for people who are currently feeling stuck, or people who are having trouble staying consistent with the healing journey. She's a beautiful soul inside and out, and this was an amazing interview that you guys are gonna love so much. So, without further ado, please welcome Coach Steph Lane right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma, so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Okay, we are live in our virtual studio with Steph Lane. Welcome, Steph. Hey, How are you doing today? You. Post Thanksgiving. Yes, we're right <laughs> after Thanksgiving, so I am yes, full of food, full of leftovers. Happy, had some time off, got to spend it with family. So, oh, I'm so glad to hear. Well, Steph and I have gotten to know each other a lot over the year, and we're going to tell you guys why <laughs> just a sec. But this is the first time that we've done a follow follow up of someone who graduated from Soulmate. So if you guys remember Steph, she actually did an episode on the podcast over a year ago now, talking about healing the divine feminine, things that had happened in her relationship. So Steph, can you catch us up to speed? Can you tell us about where you were a year ago on that episode versus today? Yeah, I would say a year ago I was in a really good place. I was nearing the end of the program, like you said. I had a really good experience with feminine, just starting to understand how the healing process works, right? So you do all the work to learn it, to put it into motion, and then really understanding how it works. I would say from then to now, that was still like a toe dipped in the water because there was still so much work to do. But the really beautiful thing is that I had all the tools. I knew how it was supposed to work. So at that point, it was just really up to me to be putting it into practice and making sure that I was sticking with it. So now I'm definitely calling in the more abundant life. I have way better just emotional regulation. Now that's a big piece mm -hmm. of coming into the journey, being able to take the pause, assess things before, so not reactive but responsive, understanding my needs. 
how to meet them myself and basically just feeling very whole, very whole and very happy with where I'm at and really content. Oh, Steph, we're so, so happy to hear that. And how have things shifted in your relationship since the last time you were on the show over a year ago? Yeah, our relationship is really strong right now. So I had been in my own place. I just moved back in. It's been three months now. So getting that transition down, but it's very natural. Everything is flowing really good. And to be in the relationship as a secure person versus where I was coming from insecure before night and day difference. There's still this piece of me that's waiting for the other shoe to drop. There's a piece of me that is the small urge of chaos or conflict that should be happening. And I wait for it and it doesn't happen. And actually learning how to be comfortable with the simplicity. That was a really big (laughs) learning curve, but that's how it is. It's easy. You know, I'm used to working so hard just to get a good day. And that's not the case anymore. They're all good days and they're all really manageable, really effortless. And to have that kind of safety and security, I did not dream that I would have found that. Oh my goodness. This is so exciting stuff. And I love the example that you gave right? That even when you are more secure in a secure relationship, there are still fears that come up, right? And there are sometimes still bad days. That's okay, right? And we're not trying to strive after this impossible standard of perfection, which of course doesn't exist. I'm kind of curious about, I think back when we were more like insecure, I think sometimes we have idealized versions of what being secure can feel like. And for you, What was the biggest surprise about now being in a secure relationship that maybe you never thought of back in the past? I think the biggest surprise would be just how easy it can be, that everything doesn't have to be complicated. And whether that was me complicating things because that's what I was used to, or, you know, it was just trauma response, whatever it happened to be at the time. I did not expect it to be so easy. I've seen a lot of conflict. I've (laughs) been in a lot of conflict and just kind of a chaotic life. And so to have that removed, I didn't think that was possible. I thought it was still going to be the same, only it was easier to get through it. But no, it's not. It's just very easy. And that surprises me. And that was actually one of the biggest adjustments I had to make was being okay (laughs) with with it being easy because I'm so used to having to work, whether it's working against myself and my own things, whether it's in actual career, but always that element of high achiever, working Mm -hmm. hard, getting to the next thing and being able to step back and just let everything be. That's where I'm at. And that took a lot of work to do too. Mm -hmm. That was foreign. I don't know that life. And so I'm learning how to exist in that with my partner is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I feel like I can bond with you over this now, right? <laughs> it's like, do you remember how much of a struggle it was? And now it's just like, I can breathe, right? I can be myself. I, I can just live, right? And not feel like I'm surviving all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I exactly. feel like you kind of have to experience it to really get it, right? <laughs> yeah, you do. I think too, because there was never a sense of knowing who I am. So it's like when you say, oh, you just get to be yourself before, who was that? That was not a whole person. And definitely not a person coming from joy, coming from a place of warmth and safety. That was like you said, survival. So yeah, it's different to know yourself and be good with that and make choices based on that. It's a completely different way of living. 
I think I said this on the very first episode ever that in the past, when I heard about people loving themselves, right, I thought they were just making it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you haven't done the work and felt it for yourself, it's really hard to imagine that it's possible, right? Or that people can actually feel that way. And so was there a specific moment, right? Like a aha moment, the first time that you started to feel that way too, and realized, oh my gosh, right? Like this isn't a gimmick, right? I can actually feel this way. Was there like a defining moment? I can't think of a defining moment. I can definitely use examples from work and day to day where I would make decisions or have boundaries and someone would not agree with it. And I didn't really care. Like I felt pretty strong in my position and not in a stubborn way, although that's helpful sometimes, but in just a way of like, no, I really believe in what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And I'm not going to change that. And that just felt softly powerful right? Like just for myself of I'm, I'm doing this because it's what I believe in it. I know it's a part of my value system. So to me, really using that to make decisions, I think that's where I started to feel like, oh, this is the right way to do it, not make a decision based on what other people want, or what I think they want me to do, but really making that decision because it's what's going to be best for me in the moment. And so I would say, when I started to become aware of that, that I was doing that, and I was more mindful, that was when it clicked for me. I don't know when that started happening. Probably I'd say in the last six months or so where I really started to do that. And of course, the more you do it and then you recognize, oh, it's okay to choose me. That's actually okay to do. And you have people around you that support that and want that too and go, oh, wow, I don't even feel bad about this anymore. And so the more you do it, then it feels natural and that's what drives you. Now that's leading your life. It sounded like it started very subtle right? But it was like a gradual process. So one other thing that's been really exciting with us and Steph is she decided to stick around even after graduating from the program. And we have been so excited to hire Steph as our accountability coach inside Soulmate. And we've been working together now for how long has it been? Almost a year? Well, a little over six months. So a little probably over eight. six months. And it's been absolutely incredible. As you guys know, Steph is also a yoga instructor with a background in wellness. And so, Steph, I would love to hear about your experience now transitioning to being a coach and how that has also contributed to your healing. Yeah, so that has been one of the most amazing experiences in my life. And I think what's really amazing, I don't even think I've told you this, but that's one of those things that I was calling in without really realizing it, right? So this goes into the abundance, the manifestation, but I wanted so badly something like that. I've always been a coach, a teacher. I've always had that in me. It was always with kids. And even through developing what I would want to do in a yoga practice, I know exactly how I would pursue that, though I haven't done it. And I really find myself to be more of a guide. I think that I see in in people certain things to connect over and then lead them to their own potential show them like, Hey, here's what you're doing. So being able to coach in the program, having gone through it and have, you know, everyone who is in the program with me, you're kind of tunnel vision at that point, you see what everyone's going through, but you don't really get to take it in because you're going through your own stuff and you're dealing with your own things that come up, you're in your own timeline. And so we're all together, but it was hard to actually see where everyone was at. As a coach, I see it all. So 
really truly seeing the program, how it works and how it transforms people from day one, because I see them very early. So I get to Mm -hmm. meet all of the clients really early on to get them going in the program and to see where they're coming from, which is usually such a sad, almost place of despair. And I remember being that person and feeling like I have no, like I am broken. I have no other options. I'm about to give up. And so you see people come into it like that. And then, you know, three, four months later, by the time they're finished, they're just glowing, right? They're beaming with possibility and hope and you get to watch that along the way. So for me, being able to see that has been such a beautiful experience because I remember, and I see myself in every single student. I know what they're feeling. I know what they're going through. I know the questions they have because I was right there. And I think to be able to connect with people through lived experience, that's so valuable. You know, you don't get that in anything that you try to learn. Some things you can. Most people teach about what they love, but to be able to actually see it and experience and walk along with them as they're going through it, it's just been remarkable. And it reminds me of how far I've come. And that's a piece that I get to have from it beyond just being there and encouraging and supporting everyone. But I actually get the benefit of a reminder of where I was, how far I've come and everything that I've learned, because I might forget on a day what I'm supposed to be doing. And I will recommend someone, Hey, look, you actually have come this far. Look at what you just did last month. Like don't sell yourself short. So being able to recognize that I can actually see that in myself. And I think that's just such a beautiful give back. Oh, Steph, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the gifts of being a coach, right? Is we also learn so much from our clients as well. And that relationship is just, it's unforgettable, right? And the fact that you had gone through the same journey yourself, I think makes you a lot more relatable. Because I know that even for you, when you had started off, you had no idea how things were going to go with your current relationship, right? right? Like it wasn't looking great at the time. And just an example that we can't guarantee, right, with specific relationships, how it's going to turn out. But sometimes things really can turn around, right, by doing that inner work first. So I know that you had mentioned some of the things that you feel inside your accountability session. So we do run them a a few times a month. What sort of things come up on these accountability sessions when you meet with the students? Yeah. So when I do the group calls, it's so fun because I don't really ever know what's going to come up. It's very organic, the conversation. We always start out just checking in with everyone, seeing where they're at specifically because everybody moves at a different pace. But somehow, and you know this from your calls, somehow everybody ends up needing the same information or, oh, yeah. the same experience <laughs> or that, you know, the energy yeah. just aligns so that every call, there's some kind of a wisdom being shared. So definitely just checking in, making sure that people feel supported. That's really important. And I think that's one of the best things about having the community is you're with people that know exactly what you're going mm. through. And so the calls are fun. I get very energized from them. I love hearing from everyone getting caught up and also challenging people to share and having them use their voice a little bit. I think that's something that we develop through the program. You learn how to speak up for yourself and really be using your voice. And so I think giving people that opportunity, but also challenging them just a little bit, like, you know, come on, come on camera, unmute your mic, tell us where you're at, how you're doing, even if there's nothing to say. I just Mm -hmm. love having that connection with everybody. Yes. Let's talk about connection. And I know that for you personally, 
In your last episode, we spent a lot of time talking about learning to trust female friendships again, right? Learning to build connections. And this is such a huge part of what I preach. I really, really believe in community. And I know it's probably the same for you, but the reason for that is because I used to be that lone wolf, right? I wanted to do everything on my own, right? I didn't want to depend on anyone. I was going to figure out the best way. And it's like, how far can you get in life, right? With that mindset and opening up to that sense of, you know, whether it's sisterhood or trusting people that you can share life's burdens with, that itself to me is medicine, right? That itself is part of the transformation. Could you speak a little bit to your thoughts on community and how that's transformed for you even in this past year? I've learned how important it is. Like you, I kind of just tended to do things on my own or, you know, history of codependency, it was always about my relationship or my family, my kids, you know, that's what it was about previously. I've got my son, he's an adult now. And so you kind of lose that sense. I think when you're so focused on everything else, especially as a people pleaser, which a lot of us tend to be. And I didn't think there was any value in community. That would have been my previous train of thought until I really was able to experience Mm -hmm. and connect with other people on the same level. And you feel that difference. Like when you're in alignment with someone, you've got similar beliefs, your energy is similar, you really can feel that and it tends to re-energize you. And that's what I noticed. Like you can either get the energy sucked out of you by people or you can be energized by them. And so knowing the difference, I think that's been huge for me. So it's a limits thing. And I definitely need downtime to recharge and sort of reconnect with self as well. That's just as important. But knowing that other people are not a threat, that was probably the biggest thing that I learned, especially Mm -hmm. other women, because I was always looking for a threat of some kind. That Mm -hmm. was just my survival mode. You know, there's a threat somewhere, something that I need to be worried about. And so that's what I was constantly on the search for. And I had a hard time not trusting people or assuming the worst, just not being able to get close. And through this process, and I think definitely coming back into the community as a coach has opened me up to just how important having those support systems are and Mm. being able to ask for help. That was something that was really hard to do before. Now it's not so hard because I know that, well, I need help. That's okay. I can't do it all on my own. And when I do, I get completely burnt out. So then I'm kind of, you know, then I'm worthless. So it's like maintaining my own balance and rhythm and leaning on other people for that. That's not something that I would have done before. Mm. Something you said kind of triggered a memory for me, Steph, right? About coming into it with the preconception that there is threat. I've definitely done this in the past. I think sometimes we can even shut down the opportunity for community because our brains come up with all kinds of beliefs and reasons, right? And I just remembered for me, there was this automatic belief that no one was going to get me or they're so different from me, right? Like, oh, they're so stuck up or, oh, they're so superficial, right? Like we don't question those things because we think that, they're valid or we're just trying to keep ourselves safe. And I think a lot of people go through that in the beginning until they start to open up and realize, hey, I didn't realize how much I actually had in common with this person or, oh, like this person, 
isn't as evil as I thought they would be, right? And isn't that interesting, right? How, what our brains will come up with. Have you ever had anything like that? Yeah, I would say so. I think primarily through my life, I was more trusting of men, which is interesting, mm-hmm. except for it had to do, but I, for some reason, I always felt like I got along better because they were kind of more my speed, I guess. I was, you know, tomboy as a kid. I always was friends with the boys. That was kind of just who I was. And so from a really young age, that was the connection that I made. Mm -hmm. And I don't know necessarily the psychology behind that. And now I work in a predominantly male line of work. And I've found how important it is for women, especially to be bringing up other women. I never understood that concept. And so now seeing it from a different point of view of being more of a support, being more of a positive example for people, that has also allowed me to see that in others. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to make the shift yourself first, I think, because like you said, the brain can twist all kinds of things, make up stories. And if you have a really active mind, like I definitely do, then I'm arguing with people in my head I'm you know there's all kinds of things happening that never actually happened yeah and so I think thanks brain (laughs) right and so you do you make up stories about people and when you give them a chance and try to see them and actually see where you can connect with them Mm -hmm. and if you let that be the focus then I think it just eases all of that it gives you a place to go okay I know this part of their personality. So say it's someone who might be a little bit rough, maybe they're uncomfortable the way that they speak, but they're really sweet and loving about their dog. And maybe you're Mm -hmm. a dog person and you go, oh, okay, I see this side of them where they're really kind and they're very loving and I can understand that. Mm -hmm. So therefore I can be okay with that part of them. And then you decide what to do with the rest based on your own value system or whatever your boundaries are. So I think when you're open to that, because if you're scared and you think everything is a threat Mm -hmm. and you don't trust people, you're not going to want to see any of it. It's just going to be very surface level, like almost, you know, business or professional relationship. You're not going to open up that vulnerability in yourself until you see it in them, which you're really not going to see it in other people until you're willing to do that. So it's (laughs) full circle thing. Totally. And the second step is that you don't have to agree with everything about someone to be friends with them, right? (laughs) That's a tough lesson to learn. Yeah, a little bit more advanced. (laughs) Right. Yep. So I know that before we hit record, we talked a little bit about the idea of consistency and how that has been a huge thing for you on this journey, Steph. Can you tell us about consistency? Yeah. So I think I say this a lot through coaching and supporting the clients. And I want to read something that I wrote towards the end of the program when I was in it, because this is a lot of what I use now as a coach. And I was surprised when I read it, which was just within the last couple of weeks going, oh, wow, that's exactly what I still say. And that's how I felt ending the program. And so this will kind of lead into that consistency piece. But my recommendations at that time, Stick with it. There are so many layers to inner child healing. Often when a wound is revealed, it takes healing one part of it to get to another, and it feels as though it will never heal. When you want to give up, don't. Allow time and space. 
see where you are projecting onto others or situations and find a way to bring it back to your inner child. Look within first. Sometimes throughout this work, the deepest healing is happening beyond our awareness and it feels like being stuck. But gradually, when you stick with it, you start to see your life change in the way that serves you. The universe will test you over and over. Welcome these tests rather than resist them. Once you start to receive the good, everything starts to shift. So with that, the stick with it part. The reason I think consistency is really, really important because it takes time to undo all of these habits that you've formed over the years, which are habits out of survival, out of trauma response. It's all very much to protect you, but you have to rewire your brain and the circuits that you form. And so it really takes a lot of time and practice. And I use the word practice a lot when I'm working with the students in the program, because that's all it is. Mm -hmm. You have to practice a skill in order to learn it. And unfortunately, most people don't just pick something up once and they're done. And there's a point in the program, I think, where it feels almost like you hit a wall because you don't see your own progress. You don't see the little things that are changing. And I remember feeling that way too at times of, you know, oh, this isn't working. I'm just too broken. And that was the belief when really, no, there were things that were shifting. And to the point of today, from when I finished the program, I've still been doing the work in in different ways because there are still layers and there are still triggers. And the closer you get to healing, you can really feel the difference and you start to see it in all aspects of your life. So Mm -hmm. we can talk about socially, just like we have been, we can talk about career, relationships, family, even just the way you take care of yourself. And so you start to see everything shift, but it's remembering to go back to the work, keep practicing Mm -hmm. it, keep doing it. And I know that that's the biggest success that we see is when people really, really put in Mm -hmm. the work and they continue to try. And you can tell when people feel like they want to give up and it's like, no, you've already done all of this. You know what to do. And so that's our inner critic or ego or whatever it happens to be coming in to try to convince us that we're not ready for that or it's not going to work when that's not the case because it already has been working. Oh, Step, that is a beautiful piece of prose that you wrote. Would we be able to get a text version to maybe put in the show notes? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just so lovely. And thank you for sharing that with us on the podcast. I think you put it perfectly into words and kind of demystifying consistency a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, you know, those of us who might have like, you know, executive function issues or even ADHD We feel very daunted by the idea, right, of being consistent, but it doesn't have to be. I even go back to this Bruce Lee quote where he said, I'm not afraid of a man who has 10,000 kicks, but the man who's practiced the same kick 10,000 times, right? And it's really making the path to healing simpler for your own sake, that you don't have to do a million things to get there, right? right? There's a couple of basic foundational tools and you practice them until you really get it. And I think you put it so perfectly. That is just awesome. What's one thing that you have been very consistent in? What's the one thing that you keep coming back to? I think the one thing that I always come back to is that's hard because, you know, there's the emotional regulation piece, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be every day 
you know, depending on what you're exposed to every day. So I would say that would definitely be one keeping myself in check, being able to recognize, for me, a lot of what I do and what I turn to is my own body's response system. So I'm very somatic, like I know that the body tells you something long before your brain understands it, long before the universe has to tell you with, you know, a kick in the butt. Um, (laughs) Your body's going to tell you when something's off. And so for me, consistently looking to that space and that just intuitive sense, that's been really important for me also for building that trust in myself. Mm -hmm. That's been a huge piece. So making sure that I'm checking in with my own response system, that tells me how do I really feel about this? And what am I noticing in my body? That's like a clue to know what to do next. So to Mm -hmm. me, that's foundational. That's something to always turn to your body's never going to go away. If your body's gone, you're, you are too, you're moving on to what dead. So, <laughs> you yeah. are dead. You are dead. So there's nothing to do. So, <laughs> but what, for me, I've always just felt like there's something more. That's what it's been for me. So that consistency piece and that understanding the layers, because I'll go, okay, you know, my abandonment wound feels really healed. Well, then the next thing kind of comes up and I have to go back through and go, okay, now here's how I'm going to work through this. And that's why it can be very layered because I don't know that you can tackle everything all at once. So for me, it's just been continuing the work, not giving up. If I ever catch myself in a pattern of blaming somebody else or blaming the world or the situation, I have to come back to me and go, okay, what can I control here? What am I in charge of? What can I do differently? Can I have a perspective change? You know, until you really know. And when it's completely wrong for you, you know that too, because again, your body is going to tell you, you're just going to know. That's right. Yep. When you can tell too, when you're kind of nearing, I don't want to say the end of the healing journey, because that doesn't really end. But when you're starting to feel whole, and those wounds are starting to be less and less, it's almost like, a struggle to respond in the negative way that you naturally would have. (laughs) There's like that inkling of, I want to be really mad right now. And you almost have to force it, which is so weird. (laughs) And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. I don't have to attach to that intense feeling because I can now manage it. And that's a really good clue to that you're onto something better. Mm -hmm. So for me, just coming back to my body is huge. Mm -hmm. I love that. It just kind of jogged my thought that a lot of the students who are healing from anxious attachment, as soon as they start experiencing that, they always say, oh my gosh, am I becoming avoidant now? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it like, happens. no, babe, like, you're just more secure. <laughs> I went, that is and so vice funny. Versa. I did that. I went, oh my gosh. Okay. My anxious attachment feels healed. Now I have to heal my avoidant attachment. Right. And that's exactly how it felt. <laughs> it's like, nope, you just have boundaries. You're good. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It is because yes. it's like a pendulum. You know, you yeah. go from one mm-hmm. to the other. And I think when you're used to living in extremes too, mm-hmm. you're going to expect and you're used to having to work so hard, just like I said, to have a good day. Right. When you stop working, it's like, okay, now what? Right. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. There's an adjustment period there. You know, what's so funny is I know the program is called Situationship to Soulmate. Mm -hmm. And then people might be surprised that so much of what we talk about is emotional regulation, right? And keeping in tune with your body. 
And I think it might be a little bit shocking to hear that the key to better relationships, it's not about, you know, dressing sexy and putting on a red dress or wearing pink lipstick, right? But that a lot of our student highlight guests, everyone has mentioned the emotional regulation piece. And so now that you've been on the other side, why is that so important for having an amazing relationship? So being able to regulate your own emotions and, you know, and I believe in co-regulation, that's definitely something that can help. But being able to regulate your own emotions means that you also can validate yourself and your feelings. It means that you also have this self-acceptance that you maybe didn't have and that you can provide this own sense of safety for yourself because that's Mm -hmm. really what being regulated feels like. It's safe. You're not worried about things when you're dysregulated. That is not safe. And most of us have lived in that space primarily. And so for me, that's what it is. Self-regulation means that I can comfort myself. I can provide safety to myself. I can validate my feelings and sometimes the thought behind them and I'm in control. So when you can do that for yourself, that's a ton of pressure that's taken off of a partner because that's usually who we're Mm -hmm. looking to fill that. You know, somebody else needs to fill this need, which is, you know, that's a construct of childhood and the unmet needs and the attachment wounds. So that's why it's there. However, that's not their responsibility. So you don't have to spend the time trying to get your needs met, doing this dance back and forth of you owe me this when no, not really. You do it for yourself. You can spend time in your relationship actually enjoying it, actually getting to know each other on a different level and not having to constantly be in repair mode. I mean, that's why I think it's so important. It's really just being able to fill your own needs and take care of yourself, which is really important in a successful relationship. So true. Very well said. And it is the thing, right, that romantic relationships are not the same as a parent-child relationship, Mm -hmm. right? You know, when you have a kid, there is an obligation, of course, to provide those needs. But romantic relationships are their voluntary relationships, right? There Mm -hmm. has to be consent. And so, of course, if we've never learned to regulate ourselves... We can absolutely rely on romantic relationships for the wrong reasons. Not to say that, you know, your partner doesn't do things for you, but it's not the same, right, as wanting that exact same kind of mothering, right, from a parent. Well, Steph, I wanted to ask you what your definition of love is now, right, versus a couple years ago before doing this work. That's a really good question. I can tell you what love is not for sure. And that's attachment. I can see where that has been kind of misplaced in Mm -hmm. the past. So a trauma bond, whatever attachment you form to people is not necessarily love. So to me, love now would mean acceptance. And I think I always believed love had to be unconditional. I don't really believe that now because, you know, you can love yourself unconditionally, Mm -hmm. But then why is there ever shame? Why do you have to have boundaries? And so really there are conditions to love. Mm -hmm. And I think that in itself is like self-love, you know, because you have to honor your own boundaries, which might make it conditional with a partner Mm -hmm. because they have to respect and honor that and find a way to work with it just like you would then. So I think that has shifted 
believing that love can be conditional, but that's not a bad thing. We always hear that and we think, oh, it should just be no matter what. Well, no, because sometimes people are shitty. You know, sometimes people act like spoiled brats and you don't really feel a lot of love in that moment. And so I think understanding that, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing that that just means that Mm -hmm. there are boundaries that need to be set. That means that there are understandings and perhaps Mm -hmm. like expectations that need to be talked about and there are agreements that need to be made. So to me, love is definitely safety security. And it took me a really long time to understand that because those are also needs, but that is how I feel loved. And Mm -hmm. so for me, that would be how I would define it. I don't think that you can have love without that, but I think it's connection, it's partnership, it's trust, it's understanding the needs of another person and being willing to learn how to meet them. Because chances are you are going to have to learn how to meet them and also learn how to ask for what you need and do it in a way that's also loving and understanding of the other person that there may be a learning curve there too. So it's hard to define love. I think (laughs) everybody has a hard time with that one because it can mean different things for different people. And that's, I think, what it's all about. And I completely agree, right? And I think if we didn't get that unconditional love from our parents, we may want to project that onto partners. But romantic relationships shouldn't be unconditional. You have unconditional love to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And as you said, part of that is knowing to say goodbye when those boundaries or conditions have been breached. And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing, Mm -hmm. right? It's, It's the reason why we've allowed people to get divorced, Right. Where in the past, if you were in an abusive relationship, like you were just stuck there and you couldn't put yourself first. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, this has been an exciting almost one hour, but we do have to get going soon, very sadly. And maybe we'll do a part three in the future. But for now, Steph, what's the one thing that you are looking forward to the most? In life? (laughs) In, in everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in, man. In the elections. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In your healing journey. Let's narrow down to that then. What I'm looking forward to the most is I'm just looking forward to the journey. I'm just looking forward to the experience of life and living. I don't know that I've done a lot of that because there's been a lot of work that's had to be done. So now I'm at a place where I can just enjoy and actually live. And I really want to take all of that in. So I'm looking forward to that part of it. And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. It's going to be hard. I know that, but I'm not scared of that. And that's a big difference. I don't have to live in the fear. I know I'm going to lose people through life. There's going to be grief. There's all of these things that happen. And I feel ready to take that on only because I have that sense of confidence and self knowing that, that I can get through it. I have the tools. So I'm just looking forward to life. I'm looking forward to what all of this is going to bring me because I know it's leading me somewhere and I'm looking forward to finding out what that bigger purpose is because I know that I'm still on my way to that. And I think when you lead with joy and you follow that, then you're just going to keep getting more of it. And I'm definitely in that place where I'm feeling the positive energy coming back to me and I'm receiving. And that's just so different. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just not scared to be alive anymore. 
Oh, I love that. I'm not scared to be alive anymore because mm -hmm. you got this. And being able to witness this journey of yours, Steph, has been incredible. You're a beautiful human being inside and out. You bring oh, you. so much joy to our program and just for existing. And I would wholeheartedly trust anybody in your hands. I really mean that. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. And really quick, I want to say something about the Feel, Heal, Attract system that you use. Oh, of course. Because... And this wasn't what I was going to say earlier, but I thought of it too. That's a cycle that you continue. You have it set up mm -hmm. in the way of establishing kind of this groundwork for the healing process. And it really works because you're looking at your emotions and your feel and kind of what's there. And then you're clearing that out and then you're bringing in. And that's a cycle that is going to repeat on a smaller scale through your life, through experiences, mm -hmm. through circumstances. And even if it's a fight and argument with your partner, well, you're going to go through feel, right. heal, attract just in that, right. in that yeah. incident. It's just life at this point. <laughs> it is. And it's kind of, you know, I've heard it about relationships. There's, what do they call it? Like harmony, disharmony, repair. Mm -hmm. That that happens in relationships. And I feel like feel, heal, attract is very similar. And once you learn that and you learn what it means in that system, then it can apply to anything that you're going through. And so I thought of that the other day, like, wow, this is really can be done on this smaller scale. Once you learn the principles and you start applying it and seeing how it works, you don't ever stop using that system. Right. So thank you for putting that together and being able to articulate it so that so many of us could benefit. Oh, my pleasure, Steph. You know, I'm a bit of a rebel in this field. <laughs> I like things done efficiently and cleaning. And thank you for putting into such words. I really appreciate yeah. it. Well, Steph, so where can people find you? I have an Instagram page. It's just my personal page. I haven't done anything fun with it, although I do have plans for next year. So that's going to be in the future, but definitely if anyone listening has questions about the program, I would love to be a point of contact. I would be happy to do that. I know that past students have done that before, and it's helpful to hear from somebody who knows and give you that information. So if that's an option, I'm there to answer any questions that someone might have, or at least point them in the right direction. So what is my Instagram handle? The Steph. Dot knee dot lane. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put I it like in the show. Play on words. Yeah, play on words with yeah. my name. We change it sometimes though. So that's yeah. <laughs> not helpful, but that's what it is right now. <laughs> so also I know there's this documentary that's trending right now called mm -hmm. Escaping Twin Flames, and people have been messaging me about that. So I just want to put it on the record. We are not a cult. Okay. This is not a cult. <laughs> okay. Nobody's oh controlling nobody. It's not that. All oh, right. It's, it's officially yeah. on the podcast now. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up because I haven't heard of it. And also, officially, I'm not even on the booking team or anything like that. So the only thing you get from me yeah. is 100% experience and then also what I've seen, the transformation. So, yep. Right. <laughs> you heard it from the lady. Alrighty. <laughs> well, Steph, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you again next week. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back on the show. I guess we'll see you next year for part three. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Gloria, so much. I love talking to you. 
Hey, bestie, did you love that episode with Coach Steph? So over a year ago, I had no idea that she would end up working with us, and that's what can happen. Amazing things that you never expect can happen when you take chances and step outside your comfort zone. So, if you resonated with Steph's story from her first episode to now her update. If you struggle with intimate relationships, jealousy, insecure attachment style, then I would love to work with you inside Soulmate. So Soulmate is our number one program where we help professional women and high-achieving women transition from toxic relationships to secure, lasting love in three months. You can read all about it on my website by gloriazang.com/soulmate. But here's the cool part: when you apply to work with me and the entire team, you get to book a free consultation with a team member. And for this current time, this consultation is completely free, even though it is valued at three hundred dollars. Because on this free consultation, you get to do a one-to-one attachment style assessment with one of my coaches, and you will receive a personalized three-page plan on how to heal your attachment style. That's a three hundred dollar value that you get for free by applying to the program and booking a free consultation. We'll meet up with you over Zoom. We'll make you super, super comfortable. There's never any judgment on these calls, especially because a lot of us have said things or done things out of pain or as a defense mechanism inside a relationship. And just know that there's complete love and compassion on the calls. We will never judge you, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what sort of relationships or lack of relationships you've had before. So Soulmate is currently enrolling, and as I mentioned, right now we have that free consultation and personalized results that's valued at three hundred dollars. So you can read all the information and apply at bygloriazang.com/soulmate, or send me the words "high achiever" on Instagram. And somebody will reach out to you. I can't wait to help you out and help you create the most amazing relationships that you've always deserved. And for everyone else, I will see you at our free launch party next week. If you're listening to this episode like years in the future, we always have some kind of event or giveaway happening, so you can stay up to date on my socials. And we'll see you guys there. Mwah! Love you all. Have a beautiful day and an abundant life. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at bygloriazang or visit bygloriazang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words "high achiever" and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one.